0: And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All Ireland football champions for 1949. All oh, beautiful me, you got all what I need. <laughs> Dempsey
1: hits Davenfear. Anthony Finity comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Column Coyle hit Infinity. Hello and welcome to the We Are Meat podcast. I'm Mickey Brennan and I'm delighted to be joined as always by my resident expert on all things meat, GAA, the PRO of the Meat County Board, Mr. Kieran Flynn. How are you?
2: Ah, oh, it's great to be here. All the, all the things going on in the world, it's nice to take a break and just think about the GAA. It doesn't <laughs> cross my mind at all during the week. Well, is, is,
1: is the GAA not the centre of the world and everything else is
2: a nice break from the GAA? Well, uh, it's close enough to be in the embodiment of everything in the whole world that matters. Yeah? I think that's it.
1: <laughs> well, on this week's podcast, we're going to be looking back at the results from the junior championship, the intermediate championship, and the Fairy House Steel senior championship. All the quarterfinals taking place last weekend. We're going to have a look, a brief look at the uh, under 16 Jerry Riley success for Mead as well. We'll uh, look forward to the ladies taking their place in an All Ireland. Uh, Final against Tyrone, and we'll just have to go to Twitter. Twitter has been alive and well this week, um, a lot of discussion um, after the quarter finals that took place on the weekend, and uh, also we have the little thing of maybe looking back over our predictions from, uh, from last week's games, and I suppose I, I'm Really surprised that Kieran even came on to the podcast this week. Seeing his performance last week, on the predictions were so bad. Um, I'm just looking down through it there, and uh, we'll get to that in a few minutes. But uh, we'll uh, look. You, you, you can't get them right all the time. Well, I
2: just said, just like it said nowadays, just beware of fake news. Just fake news, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> he's be aware the, of that. He's
1: playing the Donald Trump card already. <laughs> um, so first up we have the Chalk and Tarek Mead Junior Championship results. And uh, in the first of the quarterfinals, it was St. Vincent's taking on St. Bridget's. And St. Vincent's coming away with a massive win here. Three goals and 14. St. Bridget's one goal and four. It was a 2-10 win for St. Vincent's. 16-point win. And Vincent's looking very, very convincing in this match.
2: Yeah, the Vincent's uh, were very impressive and I said like fair play to uh, I said we mentioned before some of the players like Tommy Field, the full forward and the two Talon brothers and in first the manager, uh, Ratzer and Dochie White, like they've really drilled that team so well and there's like even like some of the the matches, the hands, there's loads of like all the different kind of the family names up in Ard that are so synonymous with the club, like they really did play very well and they were so deserving of their victory. Like I had kind of said the bridges myself that They've kind of they've been there longer and kind well, of Well Well,
1: I, I don't like to interrupt, but you didn't kind of say the Bridgets. You said the Bridgets would win that game. Uh, yeah, well, yeah,
2: I did say <laughs> that. <laughs> I said they'd win, but I said it'd be closer,
1: yeah. I think. Yeah, closer, well...
2: Vincent's I, winning by 16. I had the Bridges plus one, so that means I've got <laughs> <odd> minus one. <laughs> 17. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, much, look, really. a very good
1: win <laughs> for St. Vincent's. Um, I had pipped them to win that game. One of my uh, predictions from last week, but we'll come back to the predictions in a few minutes. We'll move on. The other, uh, One of the other quarterfinals, Beliver taking on Dunshockland. This game was played in Trim on Sunday, and uh, it was Beliver who came back from the Depths here to win this game on a scoreline of one twelve to Dunshockland's three goals and five a one point win for Beliver that game looked dead and buried after ten minutes when Dunshockland had uh, hit the back of the Beliver net three times Um, but all credit to Beliver for digging out a result here and getting that win and that win should stand to them as well
2: Absolutely it's always said about uh, any football team that's got hurlers on it they're always um, they're sturdy and strong and their strength of will is always something to be uh, applauded so they came back strong at the end and they probably We had them probably more convincing winners than that, mm-hmm. but it's saying the quarter-finals are there to be won, isn't that how I was saying? Well, same with semi-finals and finals ironically, but, yeah. but it, the quarter is definitely something you just want to get over and get through. And
1: yeah, and it looked like Dunshockland caught them cold at the start, hitting the back in the net three times. Uh, Beliver obviously shored up the defence after that and just started to chip away. curly
2: finger a few of the cornerbacks,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'd say. there was a few switches made, (laughs) and then it was a case of just keeping the scoreboard ticking, just uh, um, chipping away at that lead that Dunshockland had built up, and in fairness, Beliver, you know, really, really um, pushed on and won that game. It was 13 scores to eight, if you look at it in that sense. Um, Beliver scored 13 times, Dunshockland scored uh, eight times. I think they had three goals and two two points after after ten minutes. So in fifty minutes of play, they only scored three points. Then on Chalkline,
2: yeah, I think Bolivar as I said, they they should be stronger on paper, and they showed it. So it's always the thing with second teams; it's hard to know like how good are they going to be on the day? What are they going to have? Like how many ex senior players or how many up and coming players? So it's kind of like who's the driving force in the squad. It's always there's a lot of question marks over the second team. Believer kind of they know their squad now. Hopefully they're they're going to build up and. I think they're going to be strong in the remaining thing and probably get to a final, I think.
1: And speaking of second team, St Peter's Dunboyne uh, took on Moila in another of the quarterfinals. It was St Peter's Dunboyne. One goal in 13, Moila one goal in 12. Heartbreak for Moila um, in this uh, uh, um, quarter final. They had drawn level well into injury time when Dunboyne managed to get a late, late score to win the game by a pint And it was the youth and uh, that bet, I suppose, that beats the experience of Moila in the end and St Peter's Dunboyne Boyne, and we have to give them a mention for all four of their adult teams playing in quarterfinals over the weekend. Um, uh, absolutely brilliant for the club.
2: Just shows the depth and the, probably the work that's been going on and they would have, for example, they would have put two teams into the minor championship for the last few years. A team, a thing that's not usually done, usually there'd be kind of double teams in the younger age groups, but usually when it come to minors, teams fall away and just a testament to Dumbain that they can bring two squads like that and these lads are filtering into the B league teams they're filtering into the A league the B championship to have four teams in knockout football is amazing and yeah. they do so well and maybe it says their youthful exuberance maybe was kind of juxtaposed them with Mila's kind of maybe age that maybe lost the legs a bit and some of the lads maybe just weren't able at the very very end to just go that extra inch or mile again and Dumbain would be hard bet in it now probably Mila are going to be obviously disappointed being their that's their first team the main team in the club Yeah. But they'll come back again, they always do.
1: Absolutely and in the last of the quarterfinals it was your own beloved Dunsany taking on Karen Ross and uh, Dunsany came back from the depths of despair on this one but just hadn't enough to get over the line in the end losing out by Karen Ross's 118 to Dunsany's 116 a two point win for Karen Ross against your beloved Dunsany but there was some standout performances in particular on the Dunsany team Pierre Fox scoring 13 of the 116 Um, a, a wonderful display from the young man
2: Absolutely, I said. Uh, David I kind of said there on, on Twitter and that, but we're talking about maybe players that uh, maybe should be in setups and county setups and things. Yeah, and I will be one, bringing yeah, that up as on at the show. He's one lad that's potentially like he's put on great displays in the club. I, maybe we can talk about step up now later on. But at club level, he's been definitely a premier force for Dunsany, and he's a fella that would have fell, fallen away a few years ago. With the he kind of a, could have stepped back from football and wasn't playing, and when we kind of we made sure to get him back and and he's been a godsend since he's come back he just shows you like when he went to America that summer he was he was sorely missed like so many players are when they go but Pierre Fox is definitely one that's going to be hopefully keeping going for Dunsainy for the next few years and we might get that elusive championship medal eventually Yeah he's a great little
1: prospect and I suppose just before we go on to the semi-final pairings I just have to bring to your attention the, the um, predictions from last week um, I predicted Sim Vincent would win I predicted Beliver would win. I pre- predicted St. Peter's Dunboyne would win. And I also predicted that Karen Ross would win. Now, you got two out of four right, Kieran. It's not good enough. Well, It's just I said, not good uh, enough. You you, you got St. Bridget's <laughs> and Vincent's wrong and you got Dunsany wrong against Karen Ross. You did get Dunboyne and Beliver right, I'll give you that. But, you know, you need to step up your game.
2: And well, I did. I, I will put my hand up for the St. Bridget's and Vincent's game. I definitely call that. Bonkers wrong, and I, I had to take a bit of flack from the Vincent's boys in my Dodge, <laughs> and they were reminding me that I was wrong. <laughs> Damn right. But I Fair think for, to his boys. for the Can Ross lads, I, I did say they'd be in the final from the start, and I just I couldn't go against the Dunsany lads. Yeah. But but even did, though I knew.
1: But in every podcast, you've also said that. That Dunsany would make it to the uh, junior
2: Chapter final. That's just to give them a bit of encouragement. That was like, <laughs> just the kind of teacher in me wanted to encourage. You know, like a last call. You know, like I say a lot of. Saying? I say a lot of things that are mad. So, as I said, you could probably you could probably find I've said nearly everything on the show. Yeah,
1: have. And as I said, like if you throw enough shite at a wall, yeah. some of it is about to stick. And you so know, right too. A lot of you've, the the you've, yeah, you've been right. Like, like
2: the, when I bet you the last time. Just remember, you can. Have, every That's dog right. has his day. And all you, that. You, you beat me by one the last day. But anyway, I we'll move on to the semi-final
1: pairings. So Ka- inquiry into that as well. Carnaross Ka- Ka- Ross taking on St Vincent's in Park Tolchin on Saturday at two p.m. and Believer take on Dumboyne uh, also in Park Tolchin on Saturday at four p.m. So a double header there, um, there's also a third game in, in Park Tolchin on Saturday as well. But the, it's a double header for the for the semi-finals of the junior. Uh, your predictions for the semi-finals? Carnaross Ross v St Vincent's. I
2: said I'm on the record saying Carnaross Ross will
1: be in the final. Okay, then. Well, you're going for Carnaross Ross. I'm going to stick with
2: Vincent's. Just. You know, uh, apologise d- to the air lads again. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, they won't mind if I keep if I keep going against them and they keep winning. They won't give a hoot. Absolutely, me I and I won't either. If you if you
1: get it wrong and I get it right, that'll be great. Believer and Dunboyne, uh, at four o'clock on Saturday. Who is your uh, winner in that game?
2: That was back the hurlers, Believer, Believer,
1: and I'm going to go for Dunboyne. So it is a hard championship to call. A lot of teams playing well. All those four teams that are in those semi-finals. Are there on merit and uh, it just shows you how hard it is to call both of us going for the opposite teams. In well, both we'll see of how us hard it is times. next week. <laughs> we we'll know exactly. I'd say I could get one right and you might get one right. But would uh, oh, uh, you we'll, get both right. Okay. Well, you that's what that. you said last <laughs> week as well. We're going to move on now to the Meat Potato Company Intermediate Championship uh, quarterfinals. Um, Longwood took on Trim and Summerhill on Saturday. And this one ended two, f- 4.17 to Longwood, 2.15 to Trim after extra time. Um, and. Uh, Longwood, who, who looked to be beaten in this game, came back. Um, Ryan Moore scored one nine, and they managed to score two goals and three points in extra time, which really was the nail in the coffin.
2: Absolutely, and I know Trim probably on paper had the better players. And I had said Longwood, and my team, and the hurling, of the football, that I really loved the the passion and kind of what they really play and the heart of the sleeve kind of stuff. And from what I heard about the game. Trim had them bet and Longwood really came back and gave them a bloody nose at the very end Yeah, and then once he got the extra time Trim were at sixes and sevens and Longwood really put it to bed and just shows you Longwood, when they have the likes of the Mickey Burke and the... He and scored the, three he, points, Mickey yeah. Burke. Yeah. And it's just, it just shows you that maybe, that's always a very frustrating thing I've seen with Mead over the years where Mickey Burke probably didn't express himself enough and he probably played too much to assist him when I mean, you see him for club he's well able to kick points and get really involved in the play and. Maybe yeah, should be more expensive, hopefully, for the county. Yeah. a stick him in the centre forward there and let him spread the passes, I think.
1: Absolutely. Like, as I said, Ryan Moore chipping in with 1 9, Aaron Ennis coming in with 1-3 Mickey Burke with 3 points Evan Coyle with a goal uh, Carol Ennis with a goal so the, Anthony Healy with a point Owen Lynch with a point so they've got a great spread of scorers as mm. well it's not all coming from one no. main man you know Like so uh, a wonderful win there for um, the lads from Longwood in the next of the quarter finals it was Ballenlock taking on St Michael's this game was taking place in Cairna Ross and it was Ballinlock who won this on a score of one goal and 13 to uh, St Michael's 13 points um, a three point victory for Ballinlock and uh, your Ballinlock did are, you are, are, are just keep on going
2: yeah, I finally picked a winner in the race <laughs> it's, nice, <laughs> it's nice when the horse wins isn't it for once <laughs> well you, but,
1: you, you've been saying about Ballinlock the whole time yeah it
2: does. I, as I said, I'm a big fan of Pad the Burden and Maybe not when I'm refereeing him now, but to watch him now, he's brilliant. Yeah. He always that just kind of that kind of attitude he brings of kind of like I'm not losing today, and I'm going to carry it myself. Like I do love it in Charlie Gardner. and, Johnny and the, there's just good lads in the squad. And uh, went to college with a lot from Bad Jimmy Bar as well, and they're, they're just nice fellas up there. And Declan Lynch, uh, everyone knows him around the place, taking the, f- the photography for the Hogan Stand and at every juvenile final, and it's always good to, to talk to him. And they have a great passion in for their Gaelic football up in Bad
1: they do indeed, and and there was another issue that took place uh, at that game. Um, uh, we just want to uh, we we'll bring it up later on in the show, but it was um, Saint Michael's had no dressing room. Um, it was it was uh, due to the fact that it was a double header, and the teams weren't off the field in time for them to get a dressing room. But we do have an official line. It was Mickey Rennox who who brought it to my attention on Twitter, and we do have an official line from. Um, Karen Ross which we will bring up later look I, I don't blame Karen Ross in any way shape or form for, for not having four dressing rooms I think it was a county board mistake to put the games on so close to each mm. other in Karen Ross having a double header it wasn't supposed to be a double header originally but um, and it was just disappointing that the, the higher graded team which would have been the intermediate mm. teams weren't given first preference on the dressing rooms whereas lock I think had their second team playing in the Junior D game so they were able to share a dressing room St Michaels weren't able to share a dressing room and had to get changed in uh, St Michael's but who we'll come back bat- to that in the Junior
2: D as a matter of interest I, I'm not sure I said I'm the Michael's could have shared with them you never know, <laughs> <laughs> never know.
1: <laughs> well look it's something we'll come back <laughs> to uh, later to on the show. Now. we'll give our views on that <laughs> Sidden took on Old Castle in Park Tolchin on Sunday this was the, uh, the the game that took place between sc- before screen and Simon turn in Park Tolchin it was the uh, curtain raiser and it was Old Castle who came away with the victory here 3 goals in 11 to Siddon's 11 points Old Castle's Three goals. Um, goals win games, and uh, it was the three goals that were the margin in the end. Here,
2: absolutely. I think Oldcastle. We were kind of we were querying why they were having such a kind of a kind of st- uh, kind of kind of start to the championship, but they're kind of coming good now at the right time, and uh, they pretty much dominate that game. And it was in Partholch, and it was very smooth sail for the pretty much the whole game. Sitting now unfortunately, and I just it to Darrow, He had to he had to be hospitalised with a bad head injury. That's right, yeah. Had to come off, and like he's your county footballer, and he's a great he's a great scorer. Like so, when he went off, they were in trouble. There was there was a red card on the side for a bit of a I don't know, a bit of, a bit of pucking off the ball. Both lads. A ho. Normally, normally when one lad hits the other lad, you normally get them a yellow card, even though the rules doesn't say that. Like, yeah. But usually, when two lads hit each other, you just say right. Don't do that again.
1: Ah well, <laughs> you have to go by the rule book. That's ah. that's probably the problem with referees <laughs> is the inconsistency. Yeah. You're not doing yeah, yourself yeah. any favours here, are yeah. <laughs>
2: but just it, just it was two lads gonna hit each other. and Nobody knew what happened, and it was kind of it's kind of funny. But yeah, yeah. The, the rules say I send them off, and they were sent off, and
1: so. that's it. And, and, and the referee did his job. Uh, interestingly enough, like old Castle Castle, you know, Paddy Gilson had only come on as a sub. Mm. Um, you know big name in, in, in Oldcastle football and uh, Paddy Monaghan scored 1-2 for, for Oldcastle um, a high, high, high score on the day but again Oldcastle they have a good spread of uh, scores in that team and they, they, you know they're going to be hard beaten in this um, uh, intermediate championship
2: yeah coming on from a league success and a now championship semi-final it's going to be very hard to overlook Oldcastle to win a championship I know from our predictions I, th- I think that had Oldcastle, Ballabracchi are probably the best two teams left, and did have Ballabrackie from the very start going to be at the end. Mm-hmm. Oldcastle, we at the very very start we said probably final, but then when they kind of they kind of whimpered away a bit in the group stage, they might have fell back the pack. Maybe we had the likes of a Dunderry or or someone else maybe there, but that the way the group the group stages filled or finished up, that probably removed them from it. But I think yeah. Oldcastle are going to be strong. going to be
1: hard bet. Now. They are indeed, and in the last of the quarterfinals, this was uh, this game looked like an absolute thriller taking place on Sunday in Simonstown, uh, the home of the Keegan Cup for the last two years. Um, and I'm this game, just yeah. ba- just thought, I just thought <laughs> I'd throw that in there. Balnabrackie taking on dundery This was a game for the purists, definitely. Balnabrackie seven, Dundery four. Was it a soccer match or a Gaelic match?
2: I don't know, but sure, it. must be Simons. And seven narrow seven points, seven narrow points. points field to find. Narrow field, it's yeah. Really well. Yeah, it's only really a small a little. juvenile, juvenile field, yeah. <laughs> feel, sure. How could you score points in that?
1: <laughs> well, Ballinabraki will be delighted. They won't mind what way they won this. They were coming up against a formidable force in Dundery, and um, they contained them to four points for the game. Um, and Dundery, who contained. Balanabraki to seven points for the game you know normally we had
2: 15 sweepers in the <laughs> team was there something <laughs> well, like
1: that well it could have been something similar to the Schlock uh, Derry Championship game so it could oh, yeah, uh, the finish so 10-5 um, but Balanabraki they're not going to care they're in the semi-final seven points to four win over Dundery and you know we both looked at uh, Dunderey last week and, and thought that they were strong but um, it was Balanabraki who came with the win
2: Absolutely Batler Bracky said from day one said they're gonna be very hard in the intermediate and I th- I think they're gonna keep going and keep winning. Like I said, they've got so many good players that have played like Chris O'Connor and Carol that mm-hmm. have played uh, county football. A lot of young lads coming through and even next year they've like the lads at Coffee coming in from the minor team and they've lads playing in the under sixteen development squad that played in the Gerry Riley final and like it just it's going well for them, they've won an awful lot. Uh, Baller Bracky are kind of a team at juvenile that would always win one or two competitions every year and they're starting to play their football actually regularly up against Division Three, which is like for a small little half parish, like it's a half parish on more and offaly and it's not a great like you're not talking any metropolitan area that are going loads of house in the state's been built and they just they, they reap what they sow, they they have a passion for Gaelic football and they they make sure everyone plays it and they train them up well and it just shows you what you can do if you've you try your best with a small pick of players. Like. Yeah, and Bal
1: as you said, they they keep motoring, they keep winning games, uh they finish top of their group, they're true to it uh, a, a semi-final and it's going to take a good team to beat them so we'll just look back over the, the predictions from last week again um, the Longwood Trim game you had predicted Trim to win this game and I had predicted that it would be a draw at full time. I must give you credit for
2: that. That was a great shout, in fairness. So we were saying it was going to be a, a tight game. It was like a one point win for three but I kind of went for it. Yeah. The draw for that was a great shout but you know, I don't often give you credit now. You, you,
1: you never give me credit. That's a often, first. You, often, yeah. um, and, and I'm delighted that I'm recording it at this stage as well. So yeah. well, I, I think that.
2: the thing is broken. There's not, it's going to blip that. I, think, <laughs> well, I can so. tell you it won't.
1: <laughs> That's all the podcast is going to be. Yeah, so just I on repeat. Yeah, <laughs> on repeat. Um, and then we uh, looking at the next one. It was Ballon Lockins. St Michael's in fairness you went with Ballinlock and, and Padderburn I had gone with St Michael's due to the fact that they were beaten finalists last year um, and uh, I thought that they, they would be strong enough to take Ballinlock on but Padderburn's team uh, pushed on and got you that one we both went for Oldcastle over Siddon um, and then in the last game in fairness to you you went for Ballinabracky over Dunderry, and uh, you got that one right so you got three of the intermediate games right and I got two of the intermediate games right So, you're still trailing by one as we go into the season. But I got more of the intermediate. So, I
2: know more about intermediate football than you do.
1: Yeah, you know more about intermediate. I know all about junior. Junior. Junior's your thing.
2: And senior, buddy. (laughs) Well, we'll come to that in a second. There's Uh, a a proviso on one of those. There's not. And the semi
1: finals, it was, uh, sorry, in the semi finals that take place also this weekend. Uh, it's Ballinlach v Oldcastle lovely local derby there uh, that's taking place in Park Tolchin at 5.30 part of the triple header with the double header from uh, the Junior Championship at the, the Old Oldcastle Intermediate uh, quarter final into that at half five um, what a day in Park Tolchin some great games there um, and then uh, on Sunday at 5.30 in Park Tolchin again it is Ballinlach taking on Longwood and uh, Kieran, your predictions. Banagher v Oldcastle.
2: That one's gonna to be tough. They played in the group stage up in Moylith, didn't they this year? In mm-hmm. the, and I think Banagher uh, won, didn't they? I think I think Oldcastle won that I'm one. I'm trying to remember that one myself. And, well, I think Oldcastle will win, and I, I did tip them to be very good. But I said beware of Padraig and Co. But I think I think Oldcastle will just have enough.
1: Yeah, I think we're both going to go for Oldcastle in that one. And then it's but Ballinab- I wouldn't
2: mind. It's kind of a thing there now. If either team had won, I'd be happy for them because they're both good clubs and yeah. they kind of get on with it and they, they do their thing. And so.
1: um, Balna and Longwood, who Is do you the Brax, fancy in the that Brax one?
2: Are, I think the Bracks might win the championship, to be honest. So. Yeah.
1: Um, I think the
2: Longwood... I, I, so my heart was with Longwood a few of the games and I thought I'd love to see them win, but they wouldn't have enough and I think... The Bracks will probably have, have enough for this time.
1: I'm gonna go against you here. I'm gonna say Longwood in this because I know that Longwood are very good at defending. Um, you know, they're tough men. Not saying the Ballon the Bracky boys aren't. Um but I just think that maybe Longwood will have a little bit more experience in their side. Um we'll 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 have to see. I think
2: the Bracks the Bracks are definitely gonna win it.
1: OK then, well, that's the way it is. You're going to go for uh, uh, the Brax, and I'm going to go for Longwood. Um, we're going to move on now to the Fairy House Steel Senior Championship, um, the quarterfinals that took place. first one was on Friday night in Screen. It saw Summerhill taking on St. Column Kills, and it was Summerhill who came away victorious in this one, winning by six points. They didn't have it all their own way. They led for long periods. There were 11 points up at one stage. And uh, St Colum kills Deslin's charges came back into that game uh, and brought it back to a three-point game. But Summerhill, the experience showed in the end, they kicked the last three points to win it by six points. And uh, by all accounts, from what I've heard, this was a cracking game of
0: football.
2: Yeah, it was extremely enjoyable, and it's kind of it probably didn't have maybe some of the fallacies that we've had in football recently with like kind of this defensive outlook and. Not to say like obviously you can you can bring a lad back and lads can track back there's no problem with that but it wasn't overload with loads of sweepers sitting there waiting for lads to come and I think both teams went out and expressed themselves and the likes of Conlon and Larkin one from either team really played well and the scores were taken and Graham Riley scored a goal and it's Barry two Dard, two. yeah, Barry Dard, yeah, the second goal he got he nearly scored one just before he scored the second one and Barry Dardis was I thought very good as well and Larkin great. finished with yeah. one five, yeah, brilliant he played so well like. It was just a good game and I kind of missed the first ten and I missed the last five because I was selling programmes but I was kind of watching over my shoulder and I was hearing the, the kind of the screams of excitement and it was a really exciting game to, to listen to and then to watch. And to watch
1: as well. Did you make a few bob on the on Yeah the we programmes? sold
2: all the programmes out, we actually we ran out of programmes at the time we got to the last game which is great because it just shows you that it kind of says that one in four people want a programme at a game, that's kind of what the evidence is showing so we at all the games we, we sold them. So, and so what kind of
1: commission were you on?
2: Well, for me, unfortunately, I was getting double what I normally get, which is still nothing, so... Right,
1: right. No, just going back in the day, uh, when I used to sell programmes outside Park Tottenham, we were on at 20%, so we were...
2: Well actually yeah that's only the young lads always get like when I did the scoreboard for years upon years I used to get a few bob but now that I'm actually doing real work I get paid nothing <laughs> it's ironic you're,
1: you're a real volunteer see ya translation um, Well there is that as well but we won't go into that Now the next game saw Dunboyne taking on Kells this was Sunday evening in Dunshockland this game also went to extra time uh, but it was Dunboyne who came away victorious winning by four points in the end that doesn't tell the story of the game I suppose the, the goal with the last kick of the game made it look like a, a much yeah. bigger win for Dumboyne than it was but Kells in fairness to them were awesome in this game Um, came back into it Dumboyne who are a well-oiled machine Ronan Jones playing absolutely brilliant for them Kells to their credit they never went away they kept chipping away chipping away and every time Dunboyne looked like they had got away from them, mm. they clawed their way back into it, they levelled it up, they had a chance to win the game with a free kick in deep and added time. That tailed off to the right hand side and went wide and it went to extra time. madamo had a couple of goal chances that in fairness to the Dunboyne goalkeeper made great saves on um, but this yeah, could have went either way but you can't way take way. it away from Dunboyne, what a,
2: what a side. Yeah, it was an exciting game to watch and uh, uh, it was extremely cold in Donegal. Yeah. It was. On, yeah. It was on the new pitch there with the lights, and uh, they they cut all the trees down for this new house in the So there was a fair breeze, like, and you could tell from the especially like Bino Hanlon with his free kicks in the first half was incredible stuff. Like, he got a big tally in that game. Yeah, he, he finished was, with
1: thirteen points,
2: and I think I think eleven of them were off the ground. I mm. think something like that was close to that. It was just. A, it was an exciting. It was a very exciting game to watch. Like Kells bring such an intensity. Like when the Gale Kill lads go out there, they really go out there to win and there's no quarter asked they're given, they just go for it. St Peter's um, probably had a bit more class overall, but at the same time they looked at sometimes that they were at their at their wits' end and they just couldn't find any more ways to kind of bury Gale And It was just exciting, it was over and back, over and back. Ronan Jones was immense going yeah, down the field. Absolutely he, brilliant. he was cramping up right, left and centre, but he just kept going and going. And Liam Hogan there from the county set-up, was there physioing and a few magic touches to get them going at the end. <laughs> it was a very exciting game to watch and it just shows you that's what football can be when it's played with an intensity like that. Yeah, absolutely. And Dunboyne see themselves through to a semi-final the next of the
1: quarterfinals saw a local derby between Dunmore ashburn and ratote and by all accounts from what i've heard this was a fairly dire affair but it's a local derby um there was no quarters given in this game and uh, it was Dunmore ashburn who came away with the victory Um, a one point win one goal in nine to one eight Dunmore ashburn were two to one to win that game um and came away with the victory uh, a great win for for, for or Ashburn and showing their, maybe their little bit more experience than than Rototh in the end.
2: Yeah, Dunham or Ashburn, um, probably had in our heads maybe the county players of Rototh would be able, just have enough to push them over the edge but Dunham or Ashburn, as I said, have experience, like they've got to the county finals, they haven't got over that final uh, line as you know yourself, uh, Dunham or Ashburn, but then they brought an experience level and Andrew Tormey was class and just scored 1-3. Yeah, just 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 kinda about them. They're a bit more kinda zeal about them. I think maybe they set up and they went out there with a very defensive mindset and I think they stifled Rotot's plan of attack.
1: Yeah, them. well when you look at it like uh Rataut scored one eight and seven of those points came from Brian and Brian McMahon all from freeze. Yeah. You know, so they only got one one from other players. Mm-hmm. Um so you it's know Gotham Ashburn's... The, the
2: goalie's hands is so frustrating. Yeah, like it really that kills kills momentum and it kills like um it kills the kind of enthusiasm and the momentum, as I said. Like yeah. It's really, it's heartbreaking, even as a neutral.
1: Dunhamour-Ashburn will be delighted. Rathout again falling at the quarter-final hurdle. Dunamore ashburn see themselves go on to a semi-final. And then the last of the quarter-finals that we have down here, was Screen, one goal in 15. Simons two goals in and 20. And this game on a knife edge right up until maybe... Uh, 10 or 15 minutes into the second half and Simon's turned two quick goals in, 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 in a minute and a half and that really ended the game as a contest but a really good display from both teams really high scoring game as well
2: Yeah, The Northside Blues are are, are looking for their 3 row, and I think they're going to be hard stopped to do so uh, I think Screen probably were a bit shell-shocked maybe when they come out maybe they expected it to be a bit easier at the start, they're probably trying to get the ball into Paddy O'Rourke and it just wasn't getting there as easy like the like Ian O'Rourke, I think, was marking him for a lot of the game. And no, no, uh, not Ian uh, O'Rourke. Stephen Moore. Stephen Moore, sorry. M-
1: Ian, Ian O'Rourke was a sub.
2: No, Ian there, sorry. Ian was, was the full. Best. Stephen Moore and Stephen O'Reilly was cornerback, was with he? Stephen O'Reilly, yeah. Was the two of them were kind of inside a lot of the time. Shane Gallagher was, was probably last minute out, unfortunately. Well, yeah, Shane
1: Gallagher's injured. He won't be back until maybe the semi final if he gets back. Which um, the three
2: weeks could be helpful. But them, them the, the backs, were right up the, the behind of the, the players, and I think the likes of Battersby and um, Paddy O'Rourke didn't have it as nice as they probably wanted it inside And in Conor yeah. O'Brien and just struggled a bit to kind of find their feet in it and In
1: fairness I, I thought that Daryl Campion tried his best at centre forward yeah. you know, Brian Conlon was marking him um, so Daryl Campion didn't get as much space as he usually gets he did try very very hard for um, for, for screen and uh, you know the, I think that Simonston just had just too much they, they, they just had the right Matchups in the game, um, and it probably worked in their favour. Absolutely,
2: because I said the likes of Steve Moore when he got out in front, like he just showed a lot of pace, and O'Rourke wouldn't be renowned as a speedster. Like he's a big, he's a big man and he moves very fast, but maybe that just suited Moore, and that he was just not a a Brian McMahon or a a Joey Wallace or an Evan Wallace style player, and he was just able to get out in front. And it's not easy, like the Paddy Ork, a lot of weight put on his shoulders, kind of to kick the points and kick the frees, and it's like he, two thousand and ten, he was probably the player of the year and he did do it for them but it's just not easy to come back every year and be the main man.
1: Absolutely and uh, that's the four of the quarterfinals. I do want to just mention something as well um, from the Kells and Dunboyne game. I said I'd leave it till after we went through all four games. Um, obviously, Kells very disappointed losing out to Dunboyne but there was there was a little bit of a backlash for David Goff on social media and on Twitter. Um, David Goff, the referee and, and I, I, I really think that it was... Um, it was unwarranted. Um, That's yeah, it was unwarranted. He he got a little bit of slack, and I've been speaking to somebody from the Kells Football Club, and 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 they said themselves that uh, you know they didn't feel that David Goff had had uh, done anything in that game. That would have changed the result. Um, they did feel that they underperformed a little bit themselves. Yeah. They felt that they could have performed a little bit better. They have no qualms with David Goff, oh, uh, yeah. the referee. A couple of people from Kells just putting up, uh, you know, stuff on social media. You know, it's a hard job. At the end of the day, the referee is not going out to, um, uh, uh, like, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm the worst in the world. Mm. I have a go at referees and stuff like that. But I don't think that it's right. To go out and uh, uh, on social media. If you want to say something to a referee, go and say it to him, talk to him after a game or whatever, and get your red card for, for giving out. Feed to him up We're not condoning anybody up outside the palace, never mind the referee. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I just think it was unwarranted, and I, I, I don't think it's fair. To, um, to do something like that to go on uh, a crusade on, on social media after a referee there was again I just want to point out there was some uh, another reason why Kells probably didn't win that game they only had three scores in the mm. whole game and um, Bino, uh, who's absolutely you know, he just flies that flag every year, scored 13 points, Madimo with two points, and then Fionn Ferguson, the substitute, with a, point. a great point, actually. You know, so
2: that was the only one from play, that was something like the 45th minute or something, and it was the first one from play, yeah. So that kind of just shows you that you can't be right a freeze,
1: and 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 it just shows like you know, that man that I was talking to from Kells, he was right, you know, they they they. If if they performed a little bit better as a team, maybe they would have got that win against Umebyn. But um, yeah, I just wanted to p- uh, bring that up because a lot of the time, you know, we don't give referees the credit that they're due. Um, we're all very quick to jump on the bandwagon and and lambaste a referee after a game. But if a referee has a good game and he, and, and the whole lot, not too many people are out there to to, to, no, to clap him on the back.
2: To be honest, I wouldn't even have thought it was an issue. I thought he ref it excellently and. The yeah, last yeah. points that like just say the incidents that changed results, like the penalty was clearly a push to the bat, there was no yeah. issue. If uh, Ron Jones just slapped it in the net and he go grabbed it and he got pulled to the or pushed to the ground. The only questionable decision I thought in any shape or form was when Shane McKinney got the black card. I would say questionable it, it probably was correct. It was just hard, it was kind of a split moment. So like Gail Conn Kill couldn't have any qualms with that yeah, like Absolutely. I mean so. and said that I think the black card was probably right. It was just one of these incidents that if he didn't ha- didn't give it I don't think too many people would have complained. Yeah, maybe
1: emotions were just running high over the last few days after going out of the championship and maybe. You know, people just wanted to. Well,
2: sometimes the, as I said, like Twitter is like, like shouting out the window of your house. Like it's kind of a bit mad. Like the platform, you can kind of <laughs> say what you like, and, and it, like, there's no repercussions for it. Yeah. like I
1: will look, I'm not looking for repercussions for anybody. I just, no. I just wanted to get it out there that David Goff uh, doesn't deserve any flack on, on, and nobody deserves any flack on, on social media. So the semi-finals parents for the um, Hill uh, Steel Senior Championship sees Dunboyne taking on Simonstown and Summerhill taking on Dunmore Ash. These games will take place in three weeks' time, so we're not going to do predictions on them. We'll do that in the lead up to the game. There's no point in having predictions. Can I, just,
2: can I predict one and then in weeks predict the others, and then we'll let Annie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Winners, well, that's it. Yeah, and so we will go the the first teams. We could do a, yeah. We
1: could do a we could do a third po- podcast where you when, pick draws, the game where the you <laughs> <laughs> pick draws as well. Yeah, but um, yeah, the semi-final semi-finals pairs. i predicted them game. maybe that's about the height of it. and Dumbine, who have met in the quarter-final of the championship the last two years running, um, and Summerhill and Dunham or Ashburn, um, last year's beaten finalists and two thousand and sixteen year. Beaten finalists in um, uh, in that semi-final, and another thing, just to take from four of those those four teams, three of those teams came from Group A, finishing first, second, and third, and Summerhill from Group B. So three teams came from one the group of death I mean. from the group of death, and the group of death uh, still has all those. Three it has teams. Alive. <laughs> it's still well alive. <laughs> so it is with three of those teams making it through. Just a point I wanted to make, um, because uh, it just shows the, the the strength of the three teams that we're in. Uh, in that group, and the
2: draw wasn't rigged. Is that and the answer. draw
1: wasn't rigged, is right? But yeah, absolutely. Rig it, surely. Um, on Sunday evening last, um, Jerry, Reilly, the, sorry, the Jerry Riley tournament was taking place in Oldcastle, and it saw Mead taking on um, uh, Cavan, our close neighbours, Cavan, and it was Mead who came too away with the victory. <laughs> uh, you can never be too close to Cavan. <laughs> it was Mead who came away with the victory here um, on a scoreline of two fourteen to one goal and thirteen um a wonderful victory for this Mead under sixteen team, Kieran, and uh, great work being done at underage and we're, we're seeing, you know, the fruits of, of their labours now.
2: Absolutely and the Jerry Riley um a few years ago, I think it was four or five years ago, there was a massive push on from Crow Park. They wanted to remove these tournaments and change them to blitz days and get rid of this quality of knockout football at the development age and the old castle and Mead fought and said like well, first of all, it's probably nearly worse on development to play a heap of blitzes. And, but they said, we want to keep the tournament and I think it does benefit. And I, I, actually, I refereed the final myself two or three years ago, 2016, Cavan bet Dublin, and it's a great tournament. But it, this year is the first year that Leinster have actually come in and taken it over and worked with Oldcastle and brought in, I think was 16 teams overall and expanded it and it's made it into a, a great competition. And they got a sponsor, uh, Briody Bedden, that that have showcased and they were tweeting the game live themselves. Yeah. and. It just shows you that it's actually there's an appetite there, especially with minor move to seventeen, that the Jerry Riley is a precursor to the Leinster Championship now and if winning that pudging good said to be competitors not, not winners I don't think naturally, but competitors at the under seventeen minor level. I think Conor Donoghue has done such a great job. Like he's putting the sidetrack all these fixture proposals and he's involved with Dunboyne and he's at the sixteens, he's involved with junior team last and all like it just shows you that a good man like that who can get involved with teams and can really divide his time up and give great jobs to loads of different people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and, and you know, first victory in the in the tournament in 11 years for me as well. And uh, it it just it, it for me it just compounds the work that has been mm. done. Um but uh, by Connor Donahue and all the lads in behind the scenes at underage level that there are processes in place now. Uh, and Absolutely wonderful wonderful to see two of my own uh, club players, club mates there. Josh Carlin and uh, Aaron Chinchilla, uh, both on that team. Of course, Josh Carlin was the captain of the B team. And uh, his speech afterwards, I thought, was absolutely uh, brilliant. Evan Corrigan getting man the match, scoring 2-1. But I do have to uh, give a shout-out to our... Um, also, our sister podcast, the We Are Cavan podcast, the man behind... the more
2: cousins, I think. I don't know if you related I, to them I don't directly. Like. do they our sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, sisters and cousins up in Cavan, maybe. Is that too, but, too rude, is it? But the man,
1: the, the man behind the whole We Are series, Damien Donoghue, um, he is, in fact, or was the manager of the Cavan under-16 team. Um, and he's done great work up there with the Caval under 16s this year. And he said to me after the game, I was speaking to him after the game, and he says he has no qualms. He says, he, it, by far, the best team that they've played. Uh, and they hammered Dublin in, in, in a quarterfinal or semi final of the tournament. Actually, they could have beaten Longford in the semi final. It was the quarterfinal they beat uh, Dublin, hammered Dublin by, uh, by maybe 16 points. But he was saying to me, that by far and away the best team they played was Mead. Um, he did say that, you know, uh, his fellas went in. They hit some of the Mead players, hit them hard and fair. He said, but it didn't even. You know, they didn't even flinch, mm. and he says that's the level that he needs to get the Calvin players up to. So he could see, uh, and this man knows his football. He's been around the coaching scene and managing scene for a long time now, and he says, you know, that mead team is at a really, really high level. He hasn't seen any team like that at under sixteen in a long you just time. You need
2: to take two or three players every year, get them into the twenties, get them into the juniors, get them to the seniors, and like it's great to win things at juvenile, but we just want to conveyor belt. That's the that's the plan. And, hopefully they'll have a big stadium apart hard in the lane in a few years. <laughs> no, you said it. I'm,
1: do, I'm not going to go through the whole Meade uh, team, but uh, I just want to uh, mention the scores, I suppose, from that team. Evan Corrigan, the man of the match, two goals and a point. Niall Finnerty, six points, three of them come from frees. David Bell with three points from frees. Barry Thompson with two points, one from a free. We've got plenty of free-takers. Killian Hegarty and Shane Smith both getting a point each.
2: And uh, as I said, you know... One thing I'd love to mention is the spread of clubs, I think, which is always important. It's not we were sometimes reliant on the larger urban areas of juvenile or even at senior level for that matter. Spread of clubs is what you want because usually if he's the best player in his club, he's going to be at a high enough level. If you've got six or seven from the one club, it's very hard to say that six or seven lad is actually well, I'm that just looking, I'm just
1: looking at the first six or seven names, and I'm going. We'll just we'll just name them out quickly. Dean Pluck, Balnabrackie, Mark Donnelly, Rathold, James McGovern, Drumbara, Harry Corscadden, uh, Corrskadden, uh, Mead Hill, Harry Ryan, Ballock Killian uh, Hegarty, Dunamore Ashburn, Brian Cassidy, Kilmainham Wood, Josh Carroll, Simonson, Andy. Uh, uh, um, I can't pronounce uh, Etchioniya. Etchioniya. Uh, Saint Column kills. Evan Corrigan, Wolf Tones. I'm looking for a team, like uh, for a second player from, from the same club. Pierce Sheridan from Oldcastle, Shane Smith from screen, Niall Finnerty from screen. And that's how far it took me.
2: And Thompson, Baldabrack. There's the two, but, isn't it? But that, that's how it. long
1: it took me to, to going through the names and to find a in second. In the
2: past, you were talking Dumbine, Dunmoreish when we're taught. You know what I mean? And they were the ones that were dominating these teams. and yeah. Not to say that. It's that's old
1: King from St. Pat's. So you've got St. HL, Pat's yeah, in there. HL, yeah. uh, Big tall man. Uh, Dunmore Ashburn again, Dunmore Ashburn. Karen Ross, uh, Keane McLean, Jimmy O'Shea from Summerhill. Delic Belluestown uh, was O'Sheen uh, Miland. Uh, Lee Walsh from Dundry. Shane, Co- <laughs> Shane Carpenter from Sidon. Um, uh And Kieran McCarrick from Dunchocklin. Peter Brennan from Trim. You know, like. What a great spread, spread of clubs, that's absolutely brilliant.
2: It just shows you that the club the club coaches need to take a bit of plaudits as well, that they're producing, like I said, they're not producing 15 county players, no one's expecting them to do, but they just get one or two of the really good lads to push up the level and that'll bring their club mates up as well. Absolutely, and
1: one of the things uh, I was discussing earlier on with uh, a guy, um, actually it was, it was Sean Caffrey, uh, the Drumbarrow man, we were discussing mm. that under-16 team and he was telling me about the young Drumbarrow uh, player Uh, that was on it and what I was saying was is that you know what you need now is once that Jerry Riley tournament is finished yes you want them to go back to their clubs but you also need maybe one meeting a week or every two weeks.
2: I'm not sure by the rules we allowed us so at of, of, of all. They can not do this, but just don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, but like, you,
1: you, you, need, you need to, you, they need to be going, it doesn't have to be group sessions or, or anything like yeah. that, like it doesn't have to be a training session, but they need to meet, you know what I mean? And they need to be, you know, maybe doing their own little bit outside their club, uh, training together, playing a bit of ball, you know, uh, working on their strength and conditioning.
2: So we we'll probably, I think we'll probably do what Colin should do, we? we probably should buy you a farm. And make them all work the farm manual <laughs> labor no tractors no nothing but do a harvest every august and just work them but, like dogs but
1: you just you just want to make sure that these guys don't get left behind you Absolutely. know you want to make sure um again what we're going to do we 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 we'll just park that for a minute because i want to go to twitter because um it, it, it it's all part of the of the same discussion what's twitter
2: again here me Oh, Twitter
1: is this thing where you can just <laughs> say whatever you want a so we we had, a, we had a tweet in from Carol Manning it was county players badly showing up this weekend some of the best players in Mead aren't playing with the county and if we have any ambitions of getting out of Division 2 we need to get them into the county panel now you know um, I just said suggestions give me the names of these players Will you, we'll bring it up on the podcast what games were you at now he didn't come back to me on that um, but we had we had loads more people getting uh, in uh, involved with the with the speaker on on Twitter so let me see uh, Mickey Renick we spoke about his issue with Karen Ross um I want to just bring that up again as well selecting the right venues and times for our championship games seeing a team with no dressing room on Saturday evening now that did happen Carol uh, or, or or Mickey but um, what the reason for that was as as discussed I'm just going to bring it up here I'm going to find uh, the official line from that yeah it, it, originally it was uh, it was only an intermediate game that was fixed in Karen and then the junior d- game was moved to Karen Ross Ross only have two dressing rooms um, they wouldn't be equipped to handle a double header um, but uh the Karen Ross team, sorry, not the Karen Ross team, St Michael's team were contacted and they said that they'd get changed in their own uh, uh, clubhouse, uh, do their warm up there and come over. They put their boots on at the side of the field. It wasn't that they did, had to get changed at the side mm. of the field. The Ball and Lock were playing in that junior D game, so they were able to share the dressing room with their own club mates. And um, So it, this is not a Karen Ross issue, to be honest with you. I think that this is more an issue for the county board and that they. It was. It, why fix a, a double header for a club that only has uh, two dressing rooms, especially when it was an intermediate quarter final.
2: No, I, I totally agree with it. The one thing I always said that that phrase county board I think is a dangerous one because it's like any kind of company. Or whatever. There's different facets to the company. Yeah. And like so different the, departments the, the, and stuff. the CCC do the times and the venues for all the fixtures. So it's the CCC for the county board that made the decision. They worked it out, they contacted the CCC, contacted the club, and it was arranged. Now, I think I know myself if I was club secretary like I was with Dunsane a few years back, I probably would have said, No, it's not right that a, a quarterfinal of a championship been played without a dressing room. But that's so Michael's uh, didn't complain, they went on with it, and fair play to them for that. But I think the CCC probably should have changed the venue or maybe spread out the game slightly, they like gave them slightly more time to get into the dressing rooms. But yeah, as I said, that, that dangerous beast of a word, County Board, is a. Widespreadly,
1: or is the county board a dangerous beast? <laughs> well, absolutely, <laughs> but anyway, look, Mickey Rennox. An anyway. uh, Mickey Rennox, he obviously didn't know what the story I think was, he's correct to, and, and, and he's right to query it. Um I just want to point out that it wasn't a Karen Ross issue. And um, no. that, uh, like Karen Ross, only have two dressing rooms. They couldn't do anything about it. They had to go ahead with the double header. Um, and in fairness to both uh, clubs that were involved, neither of them complained to oh, Karen Ross, they and it. they got on with it. And uh, but uh, Mickey, you're dead right. They shouldn't have uh, had. Uh, a double header in, in a ground that only has two dressing rooms uh, especially when it was a quarter final of an intermediate championship getting back to Carol Manick anyway uh, the county players that were badly showed up this weekend and some of the players that aren't on the Mead team we're just going to go through some of the other um, tweets that came in yeah Tom O'Connor he somewhat agrees the three lads who got done more o- Ashburn over the line on Saturday weren't on the county panel this year also think Simonstown uh, could have three or four lads there if they wanted to as well um, um, looking through a few more of these, sorry. Um, Two dressing rooms for fourteens again, that was the same thing. David Rispin also said that it was a great point. He'd add add to it by saying there was a few superb displays from lads not on the panel or those who left the panel. Mm. And uh, I did come back to him and ask him for names. He said Beano Handen, uh, Mattimo, uh, Michael Newman, Tobin, Kane. Uh, McGrath Tormy McCarthy Jones Pierre Fox just uh, a few that spring to mind Um, Tom O'Connor came back with a few as well the McGovern twins and Tormy from Dunmore Ashburn Morn and Kearney from Simonstown Vernon McCarthy from Dunboyne
2: now while all, Robbie McCarthy as well another another name there Yeah, Domain, yeah.
1: exactly yeah um but David Gordon came in and said Tommy Score was by far the best seen all weekend yeah. um, a wonderful point from 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 uh, Andrew Tommy um uh, no Nando no show you know a, No 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 party
2: yeah, no, no Nando no party but
1: <laughs> if you don't have Nando there you're not going to get those scores um when it comes to these players look Everybody is entitled to their opinion, and yes, these players are all showing up well. My, the problem I would have with any of that is bringing a player who's not used to a county setup into a county setup is not very easy. You look at the likes of uh, the teams that are doing well; these, uh, the likes of your Dublins, they're in county setups all their all their lives. They're, they're they know nothing else really. Um, now you don't ever see somebody breaking into that panel. Yes, we have wonderful players in Mead. But what needs to be done with these players, the names of all those players that you have mentioned, there, lads Tom O'Connor and David Rispin, and, 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 and all the lads that mentioned names there. What I feel needs to be done is you need, nearly a second panel. Um, mm-hmm. that, uh, or, or you need to have, we'll say, uh, a centralised gym and training area where you say, right, there's every club. If, there, if there's any player in your club at underage level around the 16, 17 mark that's not making a county panel but feels he's good enough mm. and wants to make it onto a panel tell him to be here at this time they have a meeting they meet all these players that feel that they could be county players yeah. they give them uh, um, uh, a training plan and say look these, this is the extra work that you need to do just to be up the
2: fags and the pints and thirty exactly. studs and just to be at a,
1: <laughs> just to be at the same level yeah. or close. Because any of these players that you bring in that haven't been on county levels or at county level for, for years, it's just so hard for them to get up to that standard. There's a huge step up. My my um uh, point on that is Shane Gallagher this year from Simonson we all know how good Shane Gallagher is. Shane Gallagher went into the mead setup. Now, from speaking to him, the load was that heavy on him. He was never used to that before. Mm. He never got recovered properly, so he kept getting these little small injuries in yeah, his yeah. hamstrings and the whole lot like him, whatever. And that's just purely down to the workload because he's not used to it.
0: Yeah.
1: We saw how good he was when he played against Tyrone.
2: Class, personal
1: And he was absolutely magnificent that day, but he still had to come off with a hamstring injury. So th- that's that's my point, is that yes, all these players are we know the talent that they have and that they're excellent. and they could go into a county panel, but how far behind would they be? We need some sort of a system where, you know, players are are able to get that extra training outside mm. their club, um, in a county setup type thing, and be and, and maybe use it as a kind of a uh, a second selection. That you know, okay, these are going to get a chance in February. They only train once every two weeks or whatever. Yeah. Or they go in and do this collective training. Or they're given these programs so that they're. At a level that's above global level, but not probably county level. And then all of a sudden comes to January, February, and the mead team that are training together, they're they're given a chance by playing them in a challenge match mm. or something.
2: Even you know, half and half or mix them up even or half whatever. And half or, yeah. Mix them
1: up or whatever. Now they're not part of that county panel, no. but this is their little step up. If they want to get into it, this is what but,
2: they need to do. Well I know from Seamus Kenny who does an excellent job as our operations manager. Incredible not that it's just from Simonson either, doesn't he it helps, yeah. it helps though. Yeah. <laughs> but Seamus was a great job and he did he made a presentation I remember at county board a few years ago up to the county committee meeting up in Stamullen about this kind of rookie squads and all these different things and we've tried to get off the ground and they have trained and stuff and the one major problem, I think you kinda of slightly touched on it, was the lack of games. They'd love to train, they want to train, but they want to put on a green and gold jersey, even if it's only for a training panel or a rookie yeah. panel and maybe it's other counties nearly have to get these rookie squads as well because you need someone to play at your level and I think sometimes this thing of the club v county thing has kind of has perked up and it's kind of saying why do they need to be training in Dungani when they should be training for their clubs and I think it's the overall standard needs to be raised and I think ultimately it's like the juvenile the juvenile has improved overall because I think for example even the, the, the fixture schedule for juvenile has got better the coaching has got better club coaching has got better the whole thing is just raising itself up and I think that's it needs everything so, like so. Our adult fixtures like need to get itself in order. Our adult coaching needs to get itself in clubs. The way we do things just needs to be raised up the level. And I think then these lads will find maybe the squads will be more accessible when all the overall standard is raised.
1: Yeah, uh, like uh, and and that's the thing. You need to overall. You need to have the uh, the. The, you need to raise the profile of, a, of of club football. You need to, and and this is what I'm saying is that you you need to give them the opportunities too. Hmm. at some point in, you know a fellow who's playing training twice with his club a week being called into a, a county panel. He's just not yeah, going to yeah. be at the level. So if there was, as you said, some sort of uh, process that these lads were able to, but get it in. is
2: there, and it just needs to be probably upped again. There there is stuff there for lads.
1: It's a, a, it's an interesting one. It's like all those players that have been mentioned, you know, we all know how good they are. Um, mm. And uh, they would have been, in, a lot of them would have been in county panels before. But once you come off that county panel and you're not doing that intense training or whatever, it's very hard to get back up to that Absolutely. level. Um, but uh, look, it's, uh, it's one that I think needs to be discussed and maybe uh, figured out. But um, uh, I'm
2: sure... If anyone has any answers or solutions, definitely tweet us and... Get it going,
1: uh, absolutely. If we can, if we can get that sorted, it'll be it'll be brilliant. But look, the process—we can see that from from the underage success that we're having at the moment—that that, the, that it, it, it is all in the process of uh, of being done. It's just going to take time. So it is, it's going to take absolutely. a few years. So moving on, anyway, and, and look, thanks a million, lads, for all of the tweets. Um, it's it's great to get these things. And if anybody ever wants to come onto the show, I, I want to give a shout-out to David Rispin on his blog. Um, mm. His blog is absolutely brilliant. If you're not reading his blog, get get onto it and, and, uh, and get reading it. He does absolutely brilliant write-ups of all of the... Um, club matches that he gets to over the weekend really really good read and um, quite entertaining as well yeah, absolutely. Him, you know there's a there's a, there's a bit of tongue in cheek in it as well um, but absolutely brilliant write ups and if there's a and david does get in contact with the show if anybody wants to come on to the show david anybody else um uh, any issues that they want to bring up you're more than welcome to come on to the show um or send us your, your your thoughts on on Twitter or on Facebook, and uh, and and definitely we'll bring them up on the show. Um. Also, uh, before we uh, finish up, we also want to give a shout out to the ladies. Absolutely. Ladies taking on Tyrone, um, in uh, uh, Crow Park
2: next weekend. Sunday is a quarter past one or half one.
1: Sunday, uh, in uh in in. Park in, in, in yeah, I'm not
2: sure if it's quarter past
1: one or half one, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I'm just trying to uh, uh, bring it up there. I can't see it.
2: There it's the middle game. Anything. There's I think it's I'd say it's half one. There's a game at twelve, half one and three thirty, is that right? There the is. Three games are on in a row. Yeah,
0: they are indeed. Instead, so in
2: fairness to the ladies, uh Camogie and the football they they have the multiple finals on the one day, and it very much is a day out. Like it's kind of a great. You mentioned that before, but kind of a family day out. It's it really and is. And as well for the football, they they put all the the patrons in the kusick stand, isn't it? And it looks very well on camera. Yeah. it doesn't look like it's empty at all. Like it, there's record crowds, and hopefully they can make another big drive. And hopefully a lot of meet people there to to add to the big crowd
1: absolutely and I know that uh, it, 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 they really have been drumming up the support over there the last meet and greet there on Friday it was cast kind of a lot of people there on Friday night and, and the whole lot and, and, and there is great support for these girls and uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could the year after the Commogues uh, made their way up to the senior ranks that the girls playing the football could make it to the senior ranks as well and uh, give us all something to shout about in Mead and um, that's against Tyrone Sunday in Crow Park and if you're at a loose end, get the family and drive up to it. Crow Park a lovely day out so that's it for this week um, we've gone through the Twitter um, we've discussed all we're that finished we're, we're finished we've, we've finished we've closed <laughs> down Twitter so we have and uh, we've gone through all that we know all our semi-final parents for the Junior Intermediate and uh, Senior Championship Well, oh, actually before we go I forgot to do your uh, predictions Kieran, uh, for the for the Senior Championship from last yes. week Kells and Dunboyne uh, we both for, went for Dunboyne Summerhill and Colm Kills we both went for Summerhill Rathote and Dunhamour Ashburn we both went for D- uh, Ratote and yeah, it was Ashbourne. We kind of talked
2: ourselves one. out of that. We yeah. both kind of were thinking Ashbourne, but we talked ourselves out of it.
1: Um, and then obviously Screen and the Northside Blues, Simon String Gaels. I went for Simon String Gaels, funnily enough, in that one, and you went for Screen, which left you on well, the, I went the of Bruce 1, on that one
2: as well. One, Mr. Sorry. I said, m- I'd go against you for the crack. I yeah. thought Northside Blues would win. Well, look And I you, said, just for the interest of the, the fun of the podcast, I'd go with Screen. If you put
1: a fiver on that, you lost I the fiver. I didn't, though. I didn't put um, a fiver on it. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six, seven. You got 8 out of 13 uh, results from last weekend. The right? 2 of them,
2: I'd say 8 out of 11, I would have said myself. Two of the games were. Yeah,
1: but you're not the host of the show, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. 1, 2, I'm 3, 4, out. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. And I got 10 out of 13. So if anybody put on a, a 13 game accumulator um, on either of us, uh, you would have lost whatever you put on the accumulator. Well, you're worse for even trying. Exactly, you're worse for trying. Um, but, uh, you know, look. It's great to have Kieran and his knowledge on the podcast here every week. Um, I want to thank you again, Kieran. We're at the semi final stage of the championships. Um, obviously, we know all the games that are taking place this weekend in Park Tolchin, um, and uh, the senior championship won't be on for a couple of weeks, but uh, we'll definitely do a podcast after the, the semi finals that take
2: place next weekend in Absolutely. The pack uh, is good and going to get to the games because like, they've been good. Bar the on Dunham Ashburn game, I actually, it I'd a... hide at the St
1: Vincent's game
2: if I were you. No, I'd be there proud because I told them that I, I told them, I'm sorry. I'm still sorry. I hope they win. But well, I hope they like it's a good game. I don't really care who wins. And I just on, on don't say any of it. On that note, <laughs> we want to thank
1: everybody for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and follow us on Facebook. And remember we are meat. Why? it matters more.